I'm Lara Land, somatic coach and yoga teacher trainer, and this is the Beyond Trauma podcast. What a couple of years we have had. The challenges continue to grow, and more and more of us are experiencing some level of traumatic stress. My commitment here is to bring you the most up-to-date insights on exactly how trauma affects our mind-body-spirit system and how we can work with our bodies to soften its impacts. You will be hearing from trauma survivors and researchers, and together, we are going to incorporate what they have to teach us to heal ourselves and promote the well-being of all those around us. Here we It's out! The Essential Guide to Trauma-Sensitive Yoga is now available everywhere books are sold. This is the book for every yoga teacher, studio, and practitioner who wants to incorporate an inclusive practice to yoga. It's available on my website, laraland.us, and everywhere books are sold. If you're loving this podcast, you are going to love this book. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm excited about this episode. As I've been sharing with you, I'm doing some different things this year, and one of them is working as an aide at the Margaretville Central School here in upstate New York in the Catskills. And it's fantastic because I'm getting a deep insight into dynamics of school-age children, especially that eighth grade age, 12, 13, 14. I'm interacting with kids up until kind of 11th grade or so. And there's a lot of trauma they bring into the school. A lot are in that trauma response. I can definitely see it. And I wanted to bring on my boss, my supervisor, the woman who hired me. She is so fantastic. She asked me a lot of questions about trauma in the interview, and she's very interested, involved in the trauma response in our students and in our faculty. And she's just fantastic love her point of view. So I think you will too. It helps us understand what's going on in our kids' schools. Um, This isn't just if you have kids, right? What are these dynamics relationships in our communities? Very important stuff. Joy Holden is a longtime member of the Markerville Central School staff. She's a special education teacher for 19 years and then transitioned into an administrative role in 2017. Joy's responsibility as Director of Pupil Services is to support all students with learning and accessing school programming, including being the CSE slash CPSE slash 504 Chairperson and Dignity Act Coordinator. And a side note that you will hear us talk about DASA. So if you haven't heard that term before, DASA is the Dignity for All Students Act, and Joy is responsible for that. Recently, Joy has been taking the lead in training staff on supportive responses to students when they are struggling emotionally and unable to use socially appropriate coping strategies. In 2022, Joy was certified to train staff for Therapeutic Crisis Intervention for Schools, TCIS, another term you're going to hear us talk about a lot in this interview. And she is enthusiastically working towards training all staff on the principles of TCIS. IS, and you'll hear that she wants to train community members as well. This is so important, so exciting for what it could bring to our communities. I hope you enjoy this interview. Okay, here we go. So I'm here with my supervisor, boss, the woman who hired me. 
at my new position. You know, some of you know that I'm working as an aide at Margaretville Central School. And when I interviewed with Joy, I could see she had so much background in trauma sensitivity, and it was a real area of focus and importance to her. And so I've been really waiting for this moment to bring her in and ask her some questions. Thank you. Yeah, I always love learning from you, Joy. Oh, I appreciate that. Especially with what you're saying, I never thought of myself that way because I feel like I'm just getting into this, especially with my new role. So I appreciate your enthusiasm and your support because, oh. yeah, I never... Well, you're so good. So you said it's a new role. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background, what you were doing before, and then how you got to this role. So I've been a teacher here at Margaretville for 19 years. At the end of my 19th year, or during my 19th year, I went back at my admin degree. And so for the past six years, starting my seventh, I am now the Committee of Special Education Chairperson. I do the DASA Dignity for All Students Act. I'm the Dignity Coordinator. And now my new umbrella title is I'm the Director of People Services. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm involved a lot with students. And in this new role, when I explain it to parents, my job is to make sure that all students learn and feel comfortable in the setting, which is a lot. And so, yeah, so that's where it started with getting into trauma and just understanding that trauma is different for each student, each person, and it's not specific to one thing or other. That's part of what I'm learning about. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. To make a learning environment for that all students can learn. And that is a huge task. I know. Right. And well, and that's, and that's part of it though. That's part of what I love about my job is that students may come to you with, I call it like a big rock, something like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's something we need to address. I can see why that could be concerning for you and might make it where you don't want to come to school or feel isolated. I might have an interaction with a student or parent and I'm like, wow, how, why is that a barrier for you? But then to stop asking why and just know this is a barrier for the student. So whatever that barrier is, without judgment, how can I support you with either overcoming that barrier, understanding that barrier, supporting you as you work through it? Um, yeah, so. Wow. So there was some part of your training that made, when you train for trauma specifically, right. that opened your eyes to, wow, trauma really looks different for each person. Yes. So when I was getting my admin degree out of MCLA, it was very much about seeing kids as a whole kid and how to support and just all that. And that, I think, sparked something. And then when I, the first year I was here and I changed from being a colleague to an administrator, my colleagues were like, Joy, you got to get TCI. You got to get that therapeutic crisis intervention in. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know you guys have been talking about it. Let me see. So we started by just me getting trained with a group, I think it was five additional people just to get trained in it to understand and big part of therapeutic crisis intervention is to understand the child and what they bring and how what we do as adults can affect them and mm, impact them. Yeah. And then as I was sitting through it, I was like, oh my goodness, you have that like light bulb moment of this explains so much. Like you've always supported the child, but to know that that's what it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So it started there. So it started off where I was trained a couple of times as a participant in TCI and then when I went to the admin team, because I was having trouble getting training for it here, like to actually, to have trainers in the area, it's money-wise and schedules. And so I convinced and got full support for my admin team and the board of ed. They are like over the top on this. They spent the money, invested in me to become a trainer for this. So now I'm an in-house. And so we can, I can train yeah. anytime. Yeah. I insert it to faculty meetings. I insert it into Fridays. Yeah. Maybe. 
So we're going to get into that. No, that's great. We're going to get into that, how you're training others to do this method. Tell me though, what are some of the, I know each kid is different. And we Mm -hmm. always talk about this with trauma affects each person differently, but maybe if you can generalize for a minute, what are some of the main like expressions that you're seeing in kids and what are you noticing? Like are the main needs? So students have experienced trauma. There's some key factors you might look for. Inattentiveness to class, unable to engage in instruction. You can go that way where they kind of withdraw. They become, I call my statues. They kind of take themselves out of settings and withdraw because they're protecting themselves at that point. And they don't want to put themselves out there or they might be triggered. And then I have on the other end of it, I have the students that will act out and challenge all authority and question everything. And they'll get in, not that they choose to get into trouble, but they find ways to if they can get in trouble, then they can disengage from whatever is causing them stress. Mm, oh, um, yeah. So <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. And both are meeting the same goal of protecting themselves and getting out of the situation that's causing, that's triggering them. Yes. But just different ways. And then, and how people respond to both ways can be interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So the old school, like... I am the teacher and what I say goes. And I mean, that's kind of out now, right? (laughs) We'd hope so. But that's part of it because people will see the behavior. And so the stereotype, what that's a behavior, the child's making a bad choice. You need to fix the choice. And then where I come in or anyone that's trained in TCI or thinking about trauma is you question, why are they having this behavior? Because the child is, you have to assume is a good, good hearted, like what are they trying to express? What need are they trying to be met? That's challenging because especially with a kid that's challenging you to have them. Yeah. And they usually know just how to get to. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, They're very smart about uh, how to get to that teacher, especially if they try to fight against it instead of kind of roll with it. Because they've learned over time that my easiest way, because if you think about it, and this is actually for all students, but especially for students with trauma, they have learned that the easiest way to escape is to do this, then they're going to go right to that. So it's teaching them how to, so that's a barrier for them that they don't want to experience or relive that trauma or whatever it is. So you want to teach them how to process through that emotion or how to respond to that emotion. What's another way to respond to that emotion outside of becoming a statue or the acting out piece? So what, so part of that is teaching the kids. So sometimes the kids come to you. Right. Yep. And do you actually work with them on on mm-hmm. processing some of that? And Yeah. So I think that's the good and the hard part of my job now is um I get the call, like the radio saying, hey, I got a kid that's in, can you come in? They're having a tough time. So I will bring them, talk them down, get them back to baseline. And then I do what's called a life space interview, which is a fancy way of saying you just kind of talk a student through, hey, give me what happened. What emotions were you feeling? And then having an honest conversation with them going, hey, you're going to have that emotion again. How can you handle it differently next time? Or how can you handle it the next time you're going to have that emotion? And so I've learned so much from kiddos, like that what they're saying or what they're doing or what they're, is not actually what's underneath. So, so. And they're collaborating with you on on how they can respond differently the next Absolutely. time? Absolutely. So like as part of it, you, you kind of say, okay, so the next time you're... Except when you're in a classroom situation and you're feeling that frustration. Like, oh, I'm never going to feel it. And I was like, listen, it's going to happen. Something's going to frustrate. That's a human emotion. It's going to come up. So this time you chose to say the F word and threw a book. So we have that as an option. But now you're sitting here. We're not in the class that you're really enjoying. What could you do next time you're starting to feel frustrated? What would that look like? And you're just guiding the students along. And they'll say, 
things that are appropriate and some things that are like not appropriate. And you just kind of talk them through. And then you say to them, okay, well, of those options, which one do you want to try out with me to see how it feels? Mm. And then we, and that's the key part is you role play with them that situation where they're feeling frustrated and you'll have kids that'll go, okay, yeah, that works for me. And they'll go, oh my gosh, no, that's not going to work. And then you come up with a different way. So it's really teaching them. And then the follow-up with them is so important. That's what I was going to ask. Oh, yep. No, that's that's what I was wondering. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then do you have that follow-up of like, did you implement the How method? did it work? Yeah. Did so work? I do more casual follow-ups with them going, hey, how's it? And they'll give me thumbs up and everything like that. But then the other part of the follow-up is I'm connecting with our our amazing counseling staff and admin team going, hey, did an LSI with a kiddo. Um, here were some of the triggers. I meet with teachers as well. Um, they're saying that here's the strategy they want to try. So when you see them trying it, give it to them, like <laughs> encourage them. Yeah. Um, and then our counseling staff kind of follows through and might be folding that into the counseling that they're already doing. Um, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's an ongoing process. So it's not, you know. It's a big job, Joy. And, you yeah. know, I know there's been a lot of discourse out there about since pandemic, yep. since the times that we're living in, very stressful for young people. Right. It seems like almost everyone needs an individualized <laughs> plan for, right. you were saying, making school accessible for everyone right. and a good learning place for everyone. Right. Are you seeing like... So I'm seeing, like we always saw that you always had a percentage of students that would have a tough time or needed support socially, emotionally. But with COVID, it went across all students and sometimes with staff as well. How we interact with each other and just communicating across a screen. There's so much about like what we're doing here, this personal connection that you can't get across a screen. And for a lot of our kiddos, it was tough for them to transition from that. So there's kiddos that thrive during that time where it's only computer-based and then coming back in where they have the emotional human connection again. And then there was kiddos that didn't thrive and then they come back and now they're just wanting it from everyone. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of different needs and we're in, so. a, we're in a lot of different places. And I love how you brought that up about the staff, right? It's mm -hmm. like we were impacted too. And so we're also not at our norm or maybe, you know, it's, we're finding our new norm. Right. And so that impacts how we interact with each other and mm -hmm how yeah. we experience the kids. Right. And even like some strategies or activities that you might've done for COVID. Yeah. Kids now are like, that's no longer going to work for whatever the mad, whatever it was. So it's finding new ways or connecting on a different level with kids. And sometimes for, for staff that can be challenging. Well, this worked for how many years? Why can't it work now? Yeah. So then they're having barriers and frustration. And so supporting them and talking through going, Hey, just take this and just tweak it a little. How can we do a little minor shift or is there an example you can give of that or if nothing like straight comes up or can you share some successful strategies like teachers yep <laughs> so covid has changed kids so adults are changing things the ones that are doing really well are the ones that recognize that before covid we were using it uh to type notes to type answers and even some independent work but now teachers have to be purposeful with using it as little as possible and encouraging more social discussion and supporting kids during those social discussion times where before you could have two kids working over a document and go, yeah, you got it now. Now you're having to, hey, when you're working with a group, here's what you should be doing. Because mm -hmm. there is a gap. It sounds weird. Like it's not like we had COVID. So COVID for, for all intensive purposes, like two years. 
it's not like time stood still. So there was a space of time where kids would generally pick up on certain skills throughout that time that got paused. So now it's, you've got upper junior high teachers teaching like upper elementary skill of going, Hey, talk to each other, be nice, Mm. where they never had to do that skill before. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. And if, yeah, they, if they've been teaching a long time and they're used to kids are like, hit this when they get to this grade, they're thrown off. And they're able to do this. Like they should be able to be independent with this at this point. Like that's the one I hear a lot is they should be like the shoulds. The shoulds. And like, so often I go, okay, I hear what you're saying. I understand that was our typical, but I want to readjust it going, okay, where are your students now? Where do you want them to be? How can you support them to get to that next level? Mm. And that's where the, really the discussion with teachers go. And they are so willing and want to have that discussion. How can I go from here to there? Because they're not here. So like, you can either be really frustrated that they're not or say, how can I support them to get that skill back? So, oh my gosh. I think we could all relate to that, right? right? Just that 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 stress or friction of we should be somewhere. And it's like when we acknowledge, yep. here's where we are. It, it is what it, like, it is. What it is. <laughs> you're not going to be able to change. Not that you're not able to change it, but there's a point where I was looking at a graphic over the weekend that had like the, the elephant, the fish and the monkey and all that and saying, okay, if everyone was asked to climb this tree. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> where are you at? Okay. And how can we support each other? Because we can all climb that tree, but how can we support to get there? So it was just an interesting, it's an old like cartoon, cartoon or a political cartoon. It's yeah. funny that it came up before we did the podcast. I love those images and yeah. like, you know, that they really help us to see, oh yeah, we are all different right. and we need different things. Yeah. And I loved also when we were in, when I was in the training with you on yeah. Friday, you were, you know, you were also talking about if you're here and you want to get here and you can't see me listeners, but I'm doing a big (laughs) gap, you know, instead it's like, break it down. Okay. Let's talk about how we can get here first. What's the the next best step, right? right, In that direction. Right. And I think that's what I love about my career doing 19 years or starting off my career in special education. Cause that's all about, that's what special education is, is looking at students, where their skills at, where you want them to be. And just looking for those those golden moments where you're like, hey, I'm seeing movement. We're making progress. Yeah. So to share that with other people, to look for those golden moments and that they're not so automatic sometimes. And it's hard to see, especially when you talk about social emotional skills. It's hard to see those. It's just my perception, but can be hard at times to see where there's a shift, there's a change. I know we've talked a lot. We have students that went from the aggressive response to trauma and how to get what they needed to now they just, they're quiet. Yeah. A teacher or adult might say, but they're still not doing their work. I understand that. But we've now moved the point where they're not interfering with others' learning. And now they're still within that setting and they're still getting something. Yeah. So it's yeah. a starting point. I'm not saying we've reached our goal, but we're working towards it. So Yeah, and a lot of times when when kids are quiet, you know, we often don't realize how much they are taking in. Mm-hmm. So I used to have that a lot when I was teaching kids yoga and some of the parents would be like, My kid doesn't do anything, he sits in the corner the whole time. And then like at the last class of the season, they'd come out and do the whole right. thing. Yeah. And some kids learn like that. Right. They're not necessarily in it doing. I have to be doing. Right. If I'm not doing, I'm not right. learning the skill. Yeah. But we have different kinds of learners. And some sit out and they look like they're getting nothing, doing nothing. But they're taking it in. And suddenly they just show up and know the whole thing. So. Well, I see that you're, you talked about like Friday's PD. It's funny because training adults, Adult, it's the same thing. Same Everyone thing. is different. So there was people on Friday's training that you saw like taking meticulous notes 
There was people that were just sitting back having a cup of coffee. Like it was just, it was different. They're all, but then when we got to the conversation where we, there was such growth, like there was yeah. stuff they were talking about. You're like, but it's just, it's different how they show it and how they understand it, how they take it in. It's just different. I was playing with all the great fidget tools oh, you had. <laughs> yeah. I was very much enjoying them and, yep. and seeing the appeal. I, I hadn't really understood the appeal on those popping toys, but now I'm seeing, um, you know, they're very satisfying. Well, this part is, all right. So there's the sharing. Like that's part of my subliminal message during training is I put out there the stuff. So put out the fidgets. I put out all the supplies of so pens and everything's there. And when we think about when we work with students, if we can do that same thing for students, I'm not saying to have that all over their desk because that could be distracting, but that there's things that we don't even realize would be helpful and to experience it. So at the end of the training, I had a couple of people asking if they could take some of the fidgets and oh. like, because they were yeah. <laughs> like, and not for their kids, but for their own selves. They're like, I'd have this during a meeting. Like it was a great, I'm like, yeah. Sometimes I think like the expectations of the kids, like in the room, in the desk, sitting, yep. like- I can't do that. So I can't imagine asking right. the kids to do that. Especially age appropriate. Like I know what they're trying to, like in early grades, they talk about posture, Pete and like, and they do it really age appropriate and everything like that. But, but the idea, like people walking down the hallway and they're like, kids are had their hands at their sides, quietly walking. And I'm like, they're in early elementary. Like, they have so much energy right now. Like yeah. they've just been sitting for how long? So it's like understanding who your kids are, guiding them where you want them to be, you know, and having it be appropriate and I always question what happens, how is it that when we graduate from high school, now we have the freedom to do as we need to? Right. Why can't we have that some of that option within the grade school? That's I don't awesome. Know. I just heard that on a, a very well-known oh. podcast where this person was saying like, what is this mysterious thing that you just, you're in a, you're not an adult the day before you're 18 and suddenly right. you're 18. <laughs> like, right. Now you have all the responsibility. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense yeah, no, at all. So it has to be um, a process. Right. And yeah, I hadn't been in a school setting in a long time. So okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing like the machine of school yeah. and the balancing between like processes and this right. is how it has to go. And I, I see the hustle like from the two minutes or right. from one class to the next. And, you know, that the teacher's saying that's plenty of time to get here. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, it wasn't that much time. <laughs> right. So there is like this tension between sometimes. The... But you bring that up. So when we do like a break with adults training, we do anywhere from five to 10, 15 minutes in break time. Yeah. And for our kiddos, which I understand, like I get the space time continuum and need to be on a schedule. For kids, it's three minutes, and that can be that can be a lot. Yeah. Especially when they want to socialize, they want to take care of human human things, bathroom stuff, and the and then getting organized. It's a lot to block in. It is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And I think even just having a minute when they get into class, which you know, I'm starting to put my influence in there in some of the classes <laughs> to like, can we do like a thirty second mindfulness exercise? Can we give them just like before just going right into the do now, like, can they just like settle for a minute? And it's so important. I'm saying this to you, but so important for kiddos with trauma, whatever it is to know what the routine is, but also to feel comfortable and safe. Yeah. So if there's any anxiety or there's any, like they're feeling pressure, it's going to build up emotions, whatever it is. Yeah. And they're already going to be agitated. So then when you add on academics or add on whatever the rigor is for that period, you've already steering that student towards where they might be triggered and yeah um, yeah yeah so let's talk about that briefly mm -hmm. i know you have a very busy schedule oh, joy 
But can you um, tell people what TCI is and how you're training teachers and aides sure. about triggers and bringing that down? Oh, yep. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So TCI is a therapeutic crisis intervention. And actually we do therapeutic crisis intervention for schools. It's a program that actually came out of the residential setting and they're trying to make students more safe and not have as many injuries or things going on. And what they looked at was TCI looks at, sounds weird, not the student, but actually the adults. What are you doing in that space that could be elevating, making a behavior more or less likely to occur? And that I think it's the interesting part. It's the core of training and it happened. So I did two initial trainings this summer and both about into day two went, you keep on talking about us. When are we going to talk about kids? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, talk to me. And they're like, because what you're saying is if we change what we're doing or how we handle a situation, we get, I'm like, uh-huh. And you can see the light bulbs going off that they get like, you're not going to be able to change how a, what a kid experienced. You're not going to be able to remove that memory or whatever happened. But your approach and how you enter into that student's environment and how you support them in the environment is huge. Yeah, so we're we're working on, I have like a huge goal. I tell people I'm looking to do, have my whole staff trained by the end of next summer in TCI. Wow. So, and we started where we only had a couple people and we're now at, I believe up over 30 some odd percent. I'm getting there, huge growth in that. So I tripled the number of people that have been trained. And then um, even if I do not have them trained in TCI, I'm doing a lot of the things that are core principles of it throughout the training. So I might not call it TCI, what we talked about with independence and building independence on Friday, but it's totally TCI. Like, mm. so, yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful goal. And yeah. I saw those that graduated from the program. They were so proud of it. Yeah. And I saw your flyers around, like, it's not the kids, not bad. It's the, like the behavior and some of the core principles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the important part because sometimes people, and I know I, I do it. I still have those moments where, you're interacting with a kiddo and you just feel powerless. Like, oh my gosh, nothing I do that's not working is yes. never going to happen, right? So TCI says, okay, just take a pause and go, okay, what do you have control over? And it's like, you just ask the four questions. And the very first question is always, how am I feeling? So you have to take yourself and go, okay, bring yourself to baseline. And then you ask yourself, okay, what's going on in the environment that could be impacting this child? Like what's, and then you look at, what does a student need, feel, want? So again, you're looking at what's going on with that student? How will I, and then your very last question is how do I best respond? So you do, do, you have to do a pause as much as possible. So how am I feeling? How am I feeling? How is the environment impacting the student right now? And I might have two and three flip-flops. That's but, okay. Oh, I do have them flip-flopped. So two was what does a student need, feel, want? So then you're trying to figure that out. Then the third question is how is the environment affecting the student? And then how do I best respond? Yeah. So I'm referring to the key chain that everyone that has been trained has, which has the life space interview steps on one side oh. and then the four questions on the other, just so the principles are there to just kind of remind you just every once in a while, like get in the moment. And Please just, help us. You know, we yeah. need those. Can I see these on the yeah. side? Isolate, explore, summarize, connect, alternative, plan and practice. And then enter back in. So that's the life space interview in. uh, steps. So, and especially the plan and practice and the enter, which people are like, oh, that's not important. To me, that's the most important part. So the student needs to have a plan for the next time it's going to happen, practice it, see if it works. And then the entry plan, how do I get you back into that space and feeling comfortable and also working through the student? Okay, emotions are going to come up again. How do you respond when people ask you questions? How do you? Yeah. 
like breaking the cycle. Yes. Yeah. And it's not a, which is kind of frustrating, but it's not a one and done. So it's an ongoing process. Yeah. So, and you're just hoping each time you're just trying to decrease the frequency of the behavior or decrease the intensity of the behavior. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. 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 I just wanted to highlight that because like you're saying before, sometimes we feel like we're not getting anywhere. We're not making any difference. Again, I think it's because we're seeing where we want to be and and where we are. And we're not seeing sometimes. Yeah. It is still happening, but it hasn't been happening as much. Right. Yeah. It is still happening, but it's not happening at the level it was. So we also need to step back and like notice those like right. small successes. And that's important. It, like if anyone's working in this, it would be the not necessarily journaling. Journaling might work for some people, but to somehow summarize what happened in a situation and come up with your own way of noting it to what level. Yeah. And so you have the intensity of it. And then also how long, you can even do how long the student was in that space. Yeah. So if you can decrease the space, because we're talking about several of our students this year, which we're already seeing a month and a half in, I've got kiddos that at the start of a year, it was taking 15, 20 minutes to get them back in the classroom. Now they're back in in about three or four minutes. Yes. So we're drastically changing. Are they still having incidents where they hit barriers? Absolutely. They're still figuring that out. But their ability to recognize, okay, I need to use one of my strategies. I can do this and get back in. Oh, I love that. So I find what you're seeing here in my note, I write notes all the time to myself. Yeah. Especially with students when I work with them, just because we can get caught up. Our brain tends to hold on to like our last memory of it yeah. and going, oh, this is the worst ever. But then when you look back on, oh, no, not necessarily that wasn't the worst ever. That's actually pretty good compared to previous This time. is yeah. a really, really good piece of advice for anyone mm-hmm. like working in education or in anything like this, working with folks that have been through trauma or even like with their own kids. Like we often, like it's scientifically proven we have false memories of yes. things. And we remember the last incident. We remember things bigger or different than they were. Um, So keeping record, you know, Mm -hmm. a small note of what happened, it can really help us to see the change. Even if you, okay, so this is really going slowly on you. Even if you do your record of how you handled a situation, because we are our biggest critics. I know we've had several conversations like, I don't know if I handled that well. I didn't. Just to go. Okay. I know this is actually all for me right now. This is all I'm, for like, you. I'm getting. I'm like, yes, you need to hear this. <laughs> but it, it's it's so important because it, it's like I know when I've interacted with a student, I even the best case, I still do the. Oh my gosh, I I could have done this. I could have done that. Just kind of go. Okay, what worked? What do you want to tweak next time? What do you need to follow up on? Because you have to make sure that you're taking. That's why the first question: How are you feeling? You need to take care of you first. Yeah sounds selfish, but you have to be selfish. You have to take care. Um, it's, it's like in a scene, in an accident, right? It's like, you right. have to make sure you're okay. Right. And you're going to put that onto them. Anyway. Right. And even tweaking what you're doing, because I've done the training and people are like, oh, but I've seen you do it. You're so good. And I'm like, you should have been there for the first one, which I know who was there for the first one. So the first LSI I did in real life, <laughs> um, which is the life, um, life space interview, life space interview. Yep. I had a student and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this training I did to work. And I did it. I thought I'd isolate it because I was alone in an office. But on the other side of the door was two of my admin peers, which they say you should do one of these with someone else listening. I got done and it kind of went okay, but I wasn't sure how well I'd landed the plane type thing. And um, I'm like, all right, got the student back, did everything, came back in. And they were like, oh my gosh, we heard you doing it. You did a really good job. I'm like, are you sure? And they were like giggling because like, no, we heard you do this step and this and that just to get that feedback. Because you do like... You question it, like yeah. you, 
am I doing what's right for a kid? Did I hear what the kid was really feeling? And just to get their feedback going, we heard where the kid was when they first walked in. You got them down, down to baseline rather quickly. And you got them to choose a plan. We have not heard this kid talk about a plan for the future. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess we're... <laughs> yeah. So you kind of use you use feedback and you... And then I've obviously done several without someone sitting there listening on the other side of a door. And I've learned to, when a kid's not ready, to acknowledge it and be okay with it, which... Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've heard like different stats on, we have to hear things a certain amount of times yes. before they sing in. So what helps me is like, that was just like one more in the bucket of okay. like the number that they have to yeah. get to. Right. So oh, yeah. That's awesome. One more in the bucket. <laughs> I like that. Cause I've had a couple where I'm like, I was this close. Cause sometimes like with all the steps, I've got a couple kiddos where I can't get them to the planning stage. Like they just they're not ready for that. Yeah. So that's part of my journaling is to say, okay, but you got them to talk through and at least identify an emotion now or. Yeah. And I think what you're doing with the self-reflection and like pats on the back and like, you know, accepting, first of all, we're modeling, accepting where we are right in our process. It shows them like we're not fighting against it and we're actually doing the process for ourselves. And also I think it's just super important for burnout which is what we see. I just, this is like my big message (laughs) because there's so, the best people like leave these fields, the best ones. And the thing is, I've seen it. They go from just so into it to totally burnt out. And sometimes they like become totally disengaged or hardened. And there's something that's missing there that we have to fix because we don't want to lose good people. And we don't want to turn hopeful people into like cynical, you right, know? Right. Yeah. So that comes from seeing how far you've come, like right. checking in with yourself, hats on the back and knowing that like, it's not your job to fix anyone. Right. right. But I think that's hard though. I think it's very hard. I was just talking to someone very hard. today about education and working in a school. Everything about our job is human Yeah. and humans are emotion based. So there's so much that you put out there. And I think, and that's part of questioning yourself. So you don't burn out is like when you feel that you're starting to, that you can go, okay, let me pause. How do I get back to where I need to be? And it could be just where you pause. And with the people that we've trained now, even the early trained, we would do things like going, Hey, I need to tap out today. I need someone else. Can someone else do this life space interview? Because either one, I'm just not in a good space right now to do that. Or two, I haven't been successful with a student and I don't want to, as much as we say that we can hide how we're feeling, yeah, we can't. Yeah. So to have someone else take the lead going, hey, I, I think we need a change of yeah. who's talking. Oh, so. and that's a big thing to be able to say that and know that. And like maybe a different face would help them. And yeah. like to give up again, I think it, this is something we talk a lot about in the trauma sensitive yoga is like getting over our like savior mentality, Yeah, you know, like, because it's not about us. It's like, what's the best for the person? And that might mean stepping out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing down your savior mentality. I haven't heard it referred to it that way. That is powerful because I think to me, that's part of the burnout or times when I've started getting tired with this or going, what is the point of this? I'm just going to stop. Like (laughs) just because you're not, you don't have a successful moment with a kid or it's not as where you want them to be. You might not be the answer. Like what other resources can you reach out to? Who else can you, what other support? Maybe you misidentify it. 
this isn't what the student needs. The student needs that or wanted this, like something totally different. Sometimes we're so in it. That you can't see it. We can't see it. Yeah. Yep. Just too close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Save your mentality. <laughs> okay. It's a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. And everything I share is stuff I'm working on uh, with myself. So, yep. um, yeah. Nope. Okay. Joy, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. You're such a wealth of information. Oh, thank you. I appreciate doing this conversation with you. I know I was rather nervous starting this off with you, but I appreciate your questions and and I'm looking forward to ongoing and like getting you trained. I, I know I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, no, I want to, to like, yes, I want to No, I, I never stopped my education and I want to be okay. on the next uh, awesome. training. So I have I to get myself signed up. I know we've done. Um, so this, I'm going to brag, but this last summer we had our entire counseling team get trained, which I think of them as my go-to resources experts. And um, when I signed up, I'm like, what am I going to teach you? What is TCI going to teach you? And they were so like, one, gracious, but two, they were like, there was stuff that they got out of it. I didn't even think it was just, you personalize it to yourself. Like just, so it, it really is something for everyone. Yes. I've trained people that were, well, actually openly cynics of it, like came in the first day, arms crossed going, I'm just like, I'm here, but this isn't going to work. And then by the end, we're like, okay, try this out. My little kid and this, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, wow. Oh, that's um, always so rewarding. But it's where they, they find it. It's not, hey, you have to do this or I'm putting something on you. It's just questioning what are you doing? How are you doing in that space? Yeah. And then, so I find myself not, I think trainer is the wrong word for it. I find myself to be a facilitator. So I'm asking the question or creating situations where they kind of get their understanding of it and just to see something in a new light. And that is trauma sensitive. <laughs> trauma, right? That is trauma sensitive, right? I'm not, I'm not training you. I'm facilitating, like opening up a safe environment yep. for us to explore what's happening right. and the collective knowledge comes out yeah. right and um yeah and it's not the um the biggest thing which i'm finding the more i train or facilitate the people recognizing that trauma is not a set word set definition so um a lot of times some of the stereotypes we is that they're like well trauma is when someone is sexually abused physically abused or to open it going trauma is per that person yeah and that it creates a barrier or anxiety or stress for them so it, it's not just the typical or what you've always read. It could be anything. And just to be to ha- on some level, just to accept that. Yeah. Um, because if you try to keep it in that box going, well, they weren't that you have like a checkoff box of what it could be. I'm like, that's going to limit what you see and what you can hear from a student oh. or anyone. So that was really good. Sorry. Yes. No, that was really good. <laughs> um, that was one of my outcomes from the summer when I was doing initial because, um, yeah, I was just sitting there. I'm like, wait. It's like, what does it matter? You know, actually, right. this is the behavior. It's coming from an overwhelm. Right. Something happened or things happened. Right. And that's where they were at. I was working with a group and they were really, what? I want the definition of trauma. I'm like, okay. So I pull up, I'm like, here's the definition of trauma. And I go, so what? Now, yeah. <laughs> what we're looking at is the behaviors of the students and then how do you respond, best respond to decrease. And then they're like, I'm like, I'm not trying to beat you down. It just, Definition is only going to get you so far. Yes. So it's only going to get you so far. When I, somewhere before I moved, I had this big, long quote where you describe big, long explanation. And at the end, it says, or you can say the student has a stomach ache. So whatever, however you want to define it, you still have to handle it and address it. Yeah. So, and I think it's the same thing with trauma. You can sit there and try to define it and get it absolutely perfect. Or just how are you going to respond? How are you going to create that supportive environment? And I think... I think that's the scary part is 
I know we talk about using it with students, but using it with adults as well. Like, because every once in a while, an adult will be interacting with me or I'm interacting with an adult and they'll be like, you're TCIing me. And I'm like, and I'll do, I'll do the same thing as with my admin team. And they're like, we are. And I'm like, it works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, so yeah. If it works, it, it works. works. It's just, it's human connection. So. Human connection. Oh, that's so beautiful, Joy. Well, yeah. you definitely have it. You're teaching me a lot and uh, we can always learn more and learn from each other. So I'm looking forward to taking oh, your training. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And helping you towards your goal of training everyone in yes. school. And I know you wanted to let us know that you also want to get this out to the community. Yes. Do you want to share just your big vision before yeah. we close? So um, TCI just came out, I think it was this last summer, they put a teaser out that they have a... TCI for families and the community. I mean, we're definitely a small school, so we have to get the budget for it, but I'm working to see if I can be sent to get trained so then I can start offering this to families and community members. But even if I can't go that far, I've already gotten the, like the green light from the Board of Education and Michelle Osterhout, our superintendent, who's amazing. Starting this summer, I can start doing TCI training with substitutes. Wonderful. So it's Wonderful. everyone that works here in the school. I have everything from bus drivers on up to teachers or Oh, and a lot goes on on those buses. So we're glad oh, yeah. that they're getting that training. So we're working know. on getting the cafeteria staff. Like, so we, we've got bits and pieces of in grade levels. I've got elementary, high school, like, but now I just want to get it everywhere. Cause like, it's good stuff. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to help you with that goal. Appreciate I love it. that folks who are in Delaware County listening and want to help. Let's talk about how we can help to get families this training yeah. and really build trauma sensitivity in our community. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. As we buzz around the busy world, it becomes clear there are billions of paths. As we buzz around the busy world, we will appear in other people's photographs. As we speed through the centuries, we will collide and the light will bend. We will be accidentally immortalized in someone else's land.